will admit, doing a daily radio program is not all that easy, and you've got to be careful about the stories you're tempted to share. It's always a good thing to double check. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Part of the problem in doing a program like Truth to Ponder is we are somewhat news-oriented. But I'm not a big news operation. I don't have reporters all over the world. I don't have a staff to vet everything that comes across my screen. I can't look at every story that many people send me. And I've worked hard to find some reliable sources, some of which I have to pay for, some of which are free, and some where you do have to be a little careful, even though they generally are accurate. And so in trying to put all these stories together that I have, there, there's sometimes even from a, quote, reliable source, I'll find something and I'll be tempted to put it right on, on the program if I can fit it in. Well, I know that on Monday, I ran across one of those kind of stories, and I thought about doing it for Monday, but I thought I better double-check, and I didn't um, get a chance to do anything until Tuesday. And in investigating it on Tuesday, because I thought I would do the story then, I found out the story was false. Only half of the story that was put out there was true. And, And this had to do with the World Economic Forum. And the original story that was was pushed to me was to tell me that George Soros had a scheduling conflict and would not show up to the 2023 winter conference in, in Davos, Switzerland, which I don't believe he had a scheduling conflict. I think that they've known about this for, what, a year? And he was going to be there. And so, no, I, I think there's something else going on. But then there was a very powerful rumor out there that Klaus Schwab was ill and he would not be attending his own conference. And boy, I thought about putting that one on. But something said, wait, leave it alone. That's just a, that's just a rumor. That's just a, a single report. And I could never find any other source even at the World Economic Forum webpage, information about Klaus Schwab and what he does. Couldn't find it. And then the story comes out. Yeah, he's there. He showed up. He showed up on Monday. And I, I felt better that we had kind of let it slide to double check because I try to be accurate. But one of the things that I'm concerned about is how do I remain accurate? Because, you know, even on the conservative side, there are people that want to make us look bad. And they put out these silly stories and rumors and and too many people. I look at these so-called professional news sites with their videos and everything else putting out these stories and they have to, they get egg on their face. Now, it's happened to me a couple of times and I'm even as hard as I work, to keep the stories accurate. It's not easy. I wish I did have a staff where when you see these stories, double check, triple check, quadruple check. 
And then there's that part of me that says, I don't need to necessarily be trying to bring you the cutting edge news or trying to beat anybody to a deadline. Maybe I should look at stories that are a day or two old and give you an analysis of what the story really means and put it in the light of God's word and where we are in this timetable for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's kind of where my heart is moving. And the one thing that I'm also, I'm trying to find the right word, content, is so many things that we have talked about on this program. I know that we, we put our, our neck in the chopping block, particularly at the end of 2020 and in 2021 and in a lot in 2022. And we've been vindicated on so many topics that the mainstream media, even things like Fox disagreed with or Newsmax disagreed with, suddenly we were right, they were wrong, but they'll never admit it. Of course, CNN is always wrong. (laughs) I mean, come on. When it comes to COVID, for example. You know, this story came out the other day. I think it was Monday. Uh, Leanna Wen, she's a doctor, a CNN medical analyst. She's finally decided last week that maybe uh, the hospitals have been overcounting COVID-19 deaths since the beginning. And I told you they were, and I told you because of the work that I had done in emergency management, what was happening in a hospital. And it finally dawned on her that somebody with a gunshot wound really didn't die of COVID. And we shared many stories of people that died in automobile accidents, all kinds of things that were listed as COVID death. People with bacterial pneumonia, unrelated, but somehow on that third PCR test in the hospital, they tested positive. Must be COVID. I believe that the overcounting is significant. I mean, scary significant. That people died of everything else but But if there was any way under the sun, I know people that claim my loved one died of COVID. Well, you were not even allowed to see your loved one. You were told they died of COVID. Sorry, but I'm not trusting hospitals or the medical establishment anymore because it's all about the money. There was even a person here in the United States. Son had died after getting the COVID jab by a matter of days, like a 14-year-old or was it 16, something like that. And FEMA comes to him and says, you know, if you call it a COVID death instead of a vaccine death, we'll give you $9,000 for the funeral. Change the report. Hospital administrators were faced with huge payments if they could find a way to call a death COVID. And they did. And so, all of a sudden, to have a CNN analyst like Leanna Wen saying, maybe we overstated this. I think this is the beginning of something that I said back in August. God is pulling back the veil. And truth is getting out. Then I saw a funny story about the transgender Miss Universe owner. And it's all going to be about women now. How can a man who claims to be a woman, talk about the Miss Universe pageant being all about women. It's just a bunch of silliness and nonsense. 
The world is full of these weird stories. And I'll get more into some of these stories tomorrow. But right now, I think we need to take a little break away from the news and find some encouragement. You know, I I always criticize a lot of these what I call terrible new contemporary Christian songs that have horrible lyrics. It's not the music. It's the me, me, me lyrics that bug me. You know, the theology is is awful. It's all about man-centeredness. And sometimes we can find some solace in the old hymns and the old gospel songs. Now today, guest host Jim Calhoun will be spending a little time in the program talking about music and talking about some of those old gospel songs and old hymns. And I had a chance to hear the segment he's going to be sharing with you And I found it an encouragement, and I hope you do as well. Here's Jim Calhoun. Thanks, Bob. It's always great to be back on Truth to Ponder. And I'm really glad that I'm able to step in and help Bob during these stressful times he's in. I know that when you have health issues, time seems to stand still. And things that need to get done don't seem to get done. It can work on your body, your mind, and your spirit. So we all need to be in prayer for Bob Bierman. We need to pray for his health and his healing. It seems that God has a plan for everything and everybody. And so we just need to continue to pray for Bob as he fights for his health. And we need to pray for Bob as he plans for the future. And we need to pray guidance and wisdom. And there's just lots of things we need to pray about worldwide. But it's people like Bob Bierman who help people as much as they can to lead them in the right direction. And in a world where trust seems to be in very short supply, Bob Bierman is someone that we can all get behind and trust. And so, again, I ask for you to pray for Bob. And I appreciate you listening today. I had three or four topics I wanted to talk about But it seemed like as I would start developing a topic, it just wouldn't quite cut it. It just wasn't exactly what I was supposed to talk about. As I explained before, I pray about things, and I just try to follow where I think God is leading me as far as what topic I need to talk about. And sometimes I get in the way. Sometimes I start thinking way too much. I try to get too clever and... Honestly, that's not me. I just have to do what I do. And I have to do it with the strong leanings that the Lord is pushing me in that direction. I've still got those several topics in my head trying to worm their way back in, but I don't think I'm supposed to talk about those today. But what I am going to talk about is a little bit personal, but I'm not going to stay on that very long. But I've been a musician my whole life. And music means so much to me. People have no idea how much music has meant, not only to my income, but to my life and to just who I am. And although I was no longer doing any really big jobs, I was working real steady. And I was making a decent income, not a great income, but decent, clear up into February of 2020. But when COVID hit, all of my contracts were canceled. And understandably so, nobody knew what was going on. And the fear-mongering that was coming out of all of the governments and all of the medical quote-unquote professionals out there 
that were actually spreading disinformation because a lot has come to light about this so-called illness. And it's really not an illness. It's a bioweapon, and that's what it is. And it was released on purpose. And the quote-unquote vaccines that I call the death jab, they were meant as a countermeasure to a bioweapon. That is how they were described by the Department of Defense in the United States government, as a countermeasure to a bioweapon. That doesn't sound very healthy to me, and it hasn't been healthy to those that have taken this death jab. I know there are people that have taken it that have suffered no ill effects. I do understand that. But the death rates are going up because of that. But getting back to the music, when 2020 hit, actually when March of 2020 hit, that's when my career took a nosedive. And it's never recovered and it's not going to recover. Now, I'm not negative about it. Don't think that, well, all I have to do is wait it out and it'll come back. I don't know how many people out there remember Leroy Van Dyke. He's a country music performer that his biggest song was The Auctioneer and also the song Walk On By. And Leroy also had the honor of having the first syndicated country music television show. And people don't really realize that, that Leroy Van Dyke was quite a pioneer and I got pretty well acquainted with Leroy, and Leroy told me, he said, Jim, this is a strange business. It seems that the longer you're out there, the better you get, the more you know, the less people want to hear you. And he told me that when I was probably 30 to 35 years old. And as I get older, I understand what he was saying. And unfortunately, in the music business, age discrimination is prevalent. And so, I was getting to the age anyway where my career was slowing down. So when I say it was not going to come back, part of it's because of the COVID and part of it's just, you know, kind of the end of its life cycle of what I was doing. And the reason I'm telling you these personal things is because with the help of Bob Bierman, I now present a music show on WRMI. And I really do appreciate Bob getting me the time slot. And the show is called Harmony Barn Sessions. and As the format is now, it's my music that I've recorded through the years, and every week is a different genre of music that I've recorded. And one of the genres that I've always done is Christian music and gospel music. I was a praise and worship leader at one time, and so I understand Christian music and gospel music quite well. But I never really had sold out to being a gospel music performer. I've always considered myself a variety performer because of the wide variety of music that I do. But since Bob Bierman has opened this door for me to be on shortwave with a one-hour music program each week, God has really spoke to me. And God has revealed several things to me. And one thing that I'm supposed to do is turn this more into a ministry than into a music show. And God is calling me to focus on gospel music only. And there's going to be a transition time where I'm going to have to use some of my instrumentals and some of my, and some of my secular music while I'm getting all of everything together to roll this over to be a gospel program. But that's where it's heading. And I'm real excited about it. And the reason I'm telling you about this isn't because I want to gain listeners. It's because I want to share with you what God has put on my heart 
and how he's revealed things to me. And I think it's really important that you understand the concept that I'm going to talk about. I have a lot of older recordings that were done with tape recorders and analog and microphones that were inferior. And a lot of the recordings that I have date clear back into the late 1970s. And technology has really passed by some of the, I'm going to call it homebrew type of recording techniques that were available in the 70s and 80s. And now just about anyone can have a recording studio anywhere with a high quality of the digital equipment that's out there and available to everybody. The software, the microphones, everything out there is just wonderful right now. And so I'm revisiting some of my older material and I'm re-recording. And I'm bringing up some material that I haven't done ever or haven't done for a long time. And so my music career has blossomed again, but in the recording studio. And I haven't recorded music this intense since about, I would say, 2000 to 2005. I was very productive in that period. But since I was in that near-fatal car wreck in 2008... I really haven't done very much with recording of music. And so God has put this back into my heart to put the music at the forefront. Now I'm going to get to the point of why I'm telling you this on Truth to Ponder. There was a man named James M. Black. He was a great Christian man, and he wrote songs. And he wrote a song that's a standard Southern gospel tune called When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. And he wrote this song in 1893. So this song comes to us from an era so far away that we wouldn't even understand some of the lifestyle that people were living back in 1893. But I want to read to you the words of this song, and then I want to tell you why I'm telling you about this song. The first verse says, When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Now I'm going to make a comment here. We don't have songwriters that can write with such beauty anymore. With poetic beauty. Even as a poem, this is beautiful. And nothing against modern music I know that I don't perform a lot of modern music because it just doesn't touch me. But I do understand that there are some things that God puts on this earth that are meant to be timeless, that God anoints. And I truly believe that the songs that were written generations ago that are still here and still played and sung and loved, obviously God is anointed. Now, the chorus is just when the roll is called up yonder three times, and when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. And so that's not that significant until I tie it all together. Here's the second verse. On that bright and cloudless morning, when the dead in Christ shall rise, and the glory of his resurrection share, when his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. And I'm going to go on to the third verse. Let us labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. 
and when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. And as I was recording the vocals of this song, it hit me really strong, and this is why I'm bringing this song up, is that James Black definitely was part of the remnant. And God has placed people throughout history to be where they were when he wanted them to be. And so the people that were born in the 19th century were meant to be born in the 19th century and all the other centuries preceding and also the ones to come after that, that people are born into their time because it's all part of God's plan. And a lot of times we don't understand that. We don't understand that there's connecting pieces that go through the eons of time from one generation to another. But they all have to have a genesis somewhere. They all have to start somewhere. And they all have to connect through the generations. But I realized that James M. Black was telling, was telling not only his generation, but also us today. For those who are children of God, for those who are saved, we're going to meet James M. Black. When you revisit the lyrics, he knew emphatically that he was going to be resurrected. And he knew that when the role was called, he's going to be on that role. And he very triumphantly and victoriously says, I'll be there. And so when that role is called and we stand before Almighty God, I have no doubt in my spirit or my mind that James M. Black will be there. Now, he was born in his time to do what he did. And we seem to think of things very earthly and very carnal. And when we cross to the other side and the resurrection happens, it seems that we kind of lose grasp of maybe the big picture. Sure, we're going to be there praising and worshiping and and we're going to be doing the things that please God and the reason why we are there. But it was revealed to me in my spirit that the people that have been put on this earth throughout the ages are all going to be on an equal footing at the resurrection because the dead in Christ shall rise. And they're going to all rise at the same time together. And so all of God's children are going to be together all at once. And everyone was created for a purpose. I have no doubt. And those that God has blessed with faith and those that accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, those that are children of God, will all be in one group. And they'll all be doing what they were meant to do, what they were created to do. And when you look at the big picture, and I'm talking about after the resurrection, people seem to think, well, I'll see my parents and I'll see, you know, family members and friends. And I hope they do. But the bigger picture is, is that we're going to see everybody. And at the time of resurrection, how wonderful is that going to be to be able to stand shoulder to shoulder with all of those that have gone before us? To be able to stand shoulder to shoulder and worship God with people throughout the centuries. Because time is abstract. Time really doesn't mean that much as far as 
the big picture as far as God is concerned, because because a thousand years to God is nothing, whereas a thousand years to us is massive. But after the resurrection, time will be for us very similar, if not the same, as it is for God, because we're talking eternity here. But as I was recording the vocals of this song, a shiver actually ran up my spine as these words took on a new and profound meaning. I've always believed in the resurrection. I've always believed that Jesus Christ is Lord. But for some reason, I had never really put it together that we are going to be standing shoulder to shoulder with all of God's children throughout the ages. And to have James Black very confidently say, I'll be there. I realize that all of God's children are going to meet this man after the resurrection because he's going to be there. And as this song is an uplifting song, it's kind of peppy and has some spunk to it. And people usually clap along to this song and they sing along to it. But it's one of those that people don't really see the deep meaning. It's a very simple song. There's really nothing to it as far as the music is concerned. But it was just wonderful to realize that when the resurrection does come, the joy that we're all going to feel. And so that's what I've been doing as well as doing the talk shows and doing Truth to Ponder in my own show, is I've been recording gospel music. And I'm revisiting a lot of the old classics, a lot of the old hymns. And I know Bob Bierman is pretty much an expert at the old hymns. He loves the traditional Christian music. And that's why he has ancient word radio. It's just something that's in his heart. And I know that growing up singing the hymns inside the church, I found them rather boring with the these and the thous and the, the words I didn't understand. And I was too young to understand the poetry of what they were trying to do and the beauty. And I was way too young to understand the meaning of some of the words. But now I'm looking at some hymns that I haven't really listened to or heard that I haven't listened to maybe ever. And some of them I listened to so long ago, I've forgotten the words. But as I revisit the classic old hymns, it hit me again that God does anoint certain people. He anoints certain songs and certain things. Like the song Amazing Grace is definitely an anointed song. This song reaches people of all ages, and it has deep meaning. And so definitely that song and How Great Thou Art and some of the great timeless classics, even the simplistic songs like In the Garden. When you think about the song In the Garden, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, how wonderful is that? We live in a world right now that, I hate to use this phrase, but it stinks as compared to the way things ought to be, in my opinion. Now, I was listening to the Hal Turner show, and Hal was talking about all of the liberal think tanks and all of the, and all of the psychiatrists and all of the social workers and all the things they've done to social engineer for over a hundred years. And he asked the simple question, is the world better off because of all of that, or is it worse? Just open your eyes and look. 
Look at your town. Look at your look at your family. Look at your community. Look at your state and your country. Is there more mental illness than there used to be? Is there more confusion? Is there more hatred? Is there more dissension? Is there more chaos? Or has all of this gerrymandering that they've done with people's psychological, has that made the world a better place? Well, when Hal Turner asked that, it was just like, it was obvious. We're worse because of that. And then when you pull up the old songs that became timeless classics because of their anointing, you also see a beauty, a poetic beauty, and you see intelligence, and you see a connectedness, and you see things that are foreign to us as far as everyday common living. Everything is geared around a gadget or geared around a pop culture icon or a movie star or a sports team. But there was a time when people were geared around Almighty God as a normal part of society. When our founding fathers wrote the Constitution and gave us a republic, they said that the Constitution would only work if our country stayed just and righteous. And right now, our country is not just or righteous. It's going the wrong direction really fast. And there was a time where our country was just and righteous, and also, most importantly, God-fearing. And faith was something that most people had. That was faith in God and faith in their country, faith in the future. Now, that morphed into being called the American dream, but they just took the materialism part, and that's what survived. But the true American dream was freedom to worship God, was freedom to be who God created you to be. And I truly think that a lot of these songs that were written in a period where America was more free, where America was undoubtedly a Christian nation, and the percentage of people that lived in faith was much greater than today. I truly feel that some of the words that were written by that generation were anointed by God to speak to us today. Because as I was putting all of this together in my mind about the way we're connected through the centuries, is that not only are we going to stand shoulder to shoulder on Resurrection Day and from thereafter, but if you revisit what our ancestors and the people that came before us, if we revisit what they left us and what God anointed, and so it would still be here for us to see and to hear, it really does seem to me that we are already standing shoulder to shoulder with these people that came before us because they gave us words of hope, words of encouragement, words of love, words of faith. And those words are still here, and they're still very relevant, if not more relevant today. And so we have God's children reaching out to each other throughout the centuries. And so we don't stand near as alone as we think we do, not in spirit. In spirit, we have brothers and sisters who have gone on before us that have left us a legacy of hope and faith. 
And I've found a lot of comfort in tapping into the words and the wisdom and the hope and the faith of those who have written songs that are no longer with us. Some of these songs were written hundreds of years ago, but yet they still speak. And so the words of these songs can give you joy and comfort and help bolster your faith. And in a world that is trying its best to tear down anything that's faith-based, it is so wonderful for me anyway to lose myself as I'm recording these wonderful old hymns and really taking in consideration the meanings and also learning some of the history behind some of these great songs that God has anointed these songs with power and they're a power that's still there available for us to tap into. Well, I'm going to start tying some things together in the second half of the show and I really do appreciate you tuning in today and I'll be right back after this. And Jim, we'll be right back on the other side of this break. And I want to thank Jim from the bottom of my heart for all the help he has given me now for, what, a year and a half? I mean, he's made it possible for me to to do some, some things that needed to get done when I was down in Florida at the radio station to work on equipment. He's given me the ability of having a little bit of time away, especially... Look, this health issue that I have has been going on for over a year, and it's worn me out. And I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have a program like this where it only requires a small amount of my time to get it done a day in advance. And then I can actually have a little time off. And so, Jim, I I just, I thank you for your faithfulness and your willingness And I pray success on the two programs you now have, Living Off Grid and also Harmony Barn Sessions. And I hope that you'll find out more about those programs and and we'll share more about how to find them. They're worth listening to. And I think they're very helpful in these difficult times. As I said, I've, I've, I've watched the news stories. We mentioned Dr. Leanna Wynn. And then there's another one, Dr. Harriet Hall, who's an author in a medical blog, a blog, was slamming all the anti-vaxxers and critics of any kind of alternative medicine, died suddenly in her sleep last week. How can that happen? And she spent her time criticizing the things that we talk about on this very radio program. I'm trying to find that balance between news and, and I don't need to really give you the same news stories you find everywhere else. I mean, I think what's becoming important is to look at some of the stories that maybe go a little bit unnoticed and share with you what it really means underneath. Because sometimes there is a lot more to some of these stories that just kind of get mentioned than meet the eye. I want to spend more time on the stories that are revealing that everything we said last year was true and also what the Lord laid on my heart to understand that there is a veil being pulled back 
I said it back in August. I never believed I would see what happened to Twitter and other places and the things like Dr. Wen and others. It's it's like it's all falling in place. As the narrative falls apart, the truth is being known. If you believe in the work and ministry of this radio program, would you consider giving it your financial support? We need it. You can do it by making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is Post Office Box 510. P.O. Box 510. Chilhowee, Virginia. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That's 24319. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Who's watching the jail? Coming up, Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Well, the scene is in uh, the book of Acts. Paul and Silas are set free by an earthquake in the Philippian jail, and the jailer ends up taking them home with them and and they're they're having a good time and everybody's enjoying uh the celebrating salvation and so only one question who's watching the jail the guy was put in charge of the jail and and to let this thing go you could get killed you can get put to death if you you abandon the jail but who's watching the jail the doors were open the, the locks were broken the philippian jail is having a great time fellowship with paul and you know imagine he's just you know eating away and they're having a great celebration and refreshments and someone's excuse me are you the philippian jailer yes could you just tell me something sure um who's watching the jail the what you know the jail you're in charge of watching you know that that the doors were open the the, the what oh yeah the jail well we don't know exactly what happened but we know he didn't seem to care what a difference you know what happened? What changed him? Well, he got saved. He let go. He let go. The jailer lets go and the captors get saved. You know, I know a lot of believers who come to, you know, well, they're in the Lord and you're still keeping prisoners. You're still keeping charges against them. You're still keeping their their record. They're condemning them. You know, you're saved. You've been forgiven. You've been set free. You need to rejoice so much so that you don't have to watch your prison anymore. You can let them go. Release them. Let them go. Release your the prisoners in your life. Release the condemned people in your life. Let it go because salvation is so good and you have so much better things to do in God than being a prison watcher. Want more? Ask for Midnight Grace on CD. Now, how'd you like to receive some special daily meditations and teachings of the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus? Give you victory every day of your week and updates on Israel prophecy, a free subscription to Sapphires and the incredible Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD, all free. You'll love it. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus, you really rename Yeshua and dial it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now for your free gifts. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and to reach millions of unreached peoples around the world on five continents. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. It's right to the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, let him go. Shalom Aleichem. Peace for you, my friend, in Messiah, Hassar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. This is Truth to Ponder 
with Bob Beerman. Welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder. This is Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Beerman today. And I really want you to keep Bob Beerman in your prayers as he is fighting some health issues. And there's one thing that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt is that prayers work. Prayers are so powerful. And so your prayers are much appreciated. Well, I was talking about some gospel music lyrics in the first half of the show, and I'm going to reread a couple of lines here because they're so strong. And I'm not going to read the whole verse, just a couple of lines from a couple of verses. He's talking about when the dead in Christ shall rise. And he wrote, And the glory of his resurrection share. We are all going to share in that glory. All at once. When his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies. And the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. That is going to be such a wonderful moment. And he goes on to write, Let us labor for the master from dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. And when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. This song is also a call to action. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. When's the last time you shared your faith and shared any testimony of God's love for you and his caring for you? And there's another light and airy gospel song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And that song also is anointed with a simple message. And that message in a roundabout way is repeated. When James Black wrote, Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. And so I really do believe that we live in a dark world. We live in a world that is so far removed from reality. Now people look at people like me and say, Well, you're the one that's removed from reality. You believe in some mythical spirit in the sky. And to that I say, I believe in Almighty God and I believe in his son, Jesus Christ. And if they say, well, that's just a myth, I just have to think, well, you have no hope. Because the only hope that mankind has, the only hope that the world has, the only hope is Almighty God. There's no government, there's no corporation, there's no politician, there's no pop icon, there's no movie star, there's nobody, there's nothing. There's only Almighty God. That's it. That is reality. And these people that want to diminish God, try to mock him and belittle him. First of all, I would not want to be them on Resurrection Day because those that mock God will not be there unless they repent and get right with God. And that is one thing that is very hard for people to fathom, is that Jesus died for each and every one of us. doesn't matter if we're male or female. doesn't matter what color we are where we were born, or when we were born. Whether we were born in 1500 or we were born in 1970, it makes no difference. We are all part of God's creation. And Jesus died for us all. And Jesus did not die for the righteous. He died for the sinners. 
for the sinners like me. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Was not to save the righteous, but to save the lowly sinner. And that's something we should never, ever lose sight of. And so, as you're looking out over society and you see people that are worse off than you are, at least you perceive they are, understand that Jesus died for that person. God loves that person. No matter who they are, what they are, or how they are. God loves his children. He hates the sin that our children do. But he gave us a vehicle for us to get past that. And he gave all of us the same opportunity. And so if someone would say to me, well, Jim, you're living in a fantasy world. I would just have to tell them that I disagree with you. I'm living in the real world, the world that I wish that you could see. Everything we look at as far as society is concerned today, well, almost everywhere we look, there's probably some exceptions that are not coming to mind. And I don't want to use that broad of a statement that every, so I'll say almost every thing that you look at, the institutions, the educational system, the government system, the judicial system, uh, the entertainment industry, just on and on and on, sports. There seems to be ugliness that spread everywhere you look. You watch a football game or a soccer match and someone falls over either severely injured or dead because of the death jab, and you have professions like the medical profession that are that are operating with absolute tyranny right now, and you have almost everything being corrupted. Everywhere you look, it's just corruption. You look at all the games in Washington, D.C., especially with the Speaker of the House vote, and what a farce that was. You have people that are willing to, quote-unquote, stand on principles until they're told not to, and then they Forget their principles real quick. Everywhere you look, it's just horrid. And so everything that man gets in and throws God out of, like we threw God out of the educational system, we threw God out of government, we've thrown God out of everything, and the entertainment industry, and on and on and on. And also at some sporting events now that if a coach wants to pray with his players before or after a game, he's likely to lose his job. All of this is very foreign territory. It's uncharted waters. But one thing all of these institutions and things have in common, that they hate God and they want to shun God. They want to make sure that God is not a part of anything they do. And that's the reality that we live in today in modern society. And so the people that go to church can be openly mocked. If you happen to watch television, You don't have to watch it very long before someone's going to mock Jesus or they're going to mock churchgoers or they're going to mock something that is traditional as far as godly values are going to be mocked, going to be made fun of. And so that's the psychological operation that's been going on for several generations in this country to try to sever us from Almighty God and His love. And you see, that's foreign. That's the phony. That's the fake. And I talked about last week about a world that's very surrealistic. And that's probably the most surreal thing that's happening right now is that our society is absolutely rejecting the one that came to save mankind. Totally rejecting it. And yet, when you go back several generations, 
They were thankful to God. They respected God. They respected God's people. They wanted to be on that role. People actively talked about their faith. You had great revivals. You had all sorts of movements that God was instigating throughout history. But it seems like at this moment right now, you have society is trying to hide that under a bushel basket, trying to hide that light. And I'm going to speak from personal experience here, is that ever since it was revealed to me that all of this COVID nonsense and all of this society, everything, it's all spiritual. Now, there's a lot of physical manifestations, but we are truly fighting against spiritual things here. When that was revealed to me and it really sunk in, I instinctively knew that there was only one place I could go, just one, and that was to the arms of Jesus. That was the only refuge. For I will say unto the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, and God in Him will I trust. Those kind of words are not spoken today, not often. Those kind of words need to be spoken, and spoken often. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. In God and Him will I trust. And it's those kind of feelings and that kind of sentiment that we have to have to get through this absolute insanity that's engulfed this whole world. Everywhere you look, up is down, down is up. You know, there's an episode of Laurel and Hardy. I I really love some of the classic old comedies. And I'm pretty sure that the name of this comedy short was called Blue Boy. It's where Laurel and Hardy hear that Blue Boy has been stolen, but they're working at a horse racing track and they're stable boys. And one of the horses was called Blue Boy. And of course, Blue Boy is a famous painting. And it was the painting that was stolen. Well, Laurel and Hardy thought that it was the horse. And so... They took the horse back to this mansion, and they said, we found Blue Boy, and the guy yells down from the second story, just put him on the piano. And one of the most hilarious animal skits of all times is where they get this horse on top of the piano. But all during this whole comedy short, Oliver Hardy is putting his hand with the palm up, and then he's turning his hand palm down, and he tells Laurel, These people that have lots of money, they do everything backwards. Everything's wrong. Everything's inverted. And so every time they would do something, Laurel would take his hand and invert his palm. And as I look out at the world today, it's exactly that. You can put your palm up and look at that. That's how the inside of your hand is supposed to look. Turn your hand palm down and look at the back of your hand and tell yourself, no, that's the inside of my hand. And ignore your eyes. Ignore the fact you're looking at the back part of your hand and say, that's the palm of my hand. That's what we're dealing with today. It's that insane. But where is their refuge? With Jesus. With Almighty God. That is where we need to go. And I know a lot of listeners to Truth to Ponder are part of the remnant and they already know all of this. But how often do we share with people our faith? How often do we do that? I know that I'm pretty bold when I go out and I talk to people. I don't use the old turn or burn. I don't go, I don't go out and challenge people. 
and ask them, do you know God? Turn or burn. I, I don't do that. But when someone talks to me and I have a chance to slip in, thank God for that because God is our only hope or something similar. Sometimes I get an affirmation and people shake their head and say, you're absolutely right. We have to lean on God. But other people look at me like, what planet are you on? And it's those people we need to reach. And we don't need to reach them because of us. We don't need to reach them because of our ego or something we think that we need to do because we're good people. We need to reach these people because they are created by God the same as we are. And Jesus died for those people the same as he died for us. And we need to do our best to let these people know that they are loved. They're cherished. They were created for a purpose as well. Unfortunately, the Bible does call it a remnant. And it is going to be just a remnant. But we're also called to spread the good news. And that's something that we need to do out of love. And it's hard to do that in a world that hates. You notice how much the world hates God? And I know even back 2,000 years ago that the world hated God. The world has always hated God. But it's never been this strong. The demonic, satanic spirit that's over this world right now, in my opinion, is probably stronger than it's ever been. And the amount of people who are actively working against God and working against God's kingdom has to be at record numbers. But we're not supposed to go and hide. We're not supposed to just say, well, I guess that's how it is. We need to put on the full armor of God and not be ashamed of our Savior, not be ashamed of Almighty God, and not be ashamed of the hope we have and the faith we have. We need to wrap ourselves in our hope, wrap ourselves in our faith, and we need to boldly speak out about our Lord and Savior. We need to come against the spirit of evil, the Satanists and the globalists and and the New World Order people and these people that want to change our DNA and these people that are messing with our weather and these people that are hitting us with chemtrails and these people that are trying to put things in our food that are not good for us, these people that want to control us and say that we will own nothing and be happy. We need to come against these people, and we need to come against these people with truth, with the spirit of truth and the actual truth. We need to come at these people with our faith and with the full armor of God. There's an old hymn called Onward Christian Soldiers, and I really never understood that as a child. But the older I get, the more I understand. We have to be soldiers for Christ. We have to go onward. As you look at the words of these old hymns, some of the words are very much a call to action. That yes, we're supposed to rejoice in the fact that we do have a Savior. But also, that there are actions that we should be doing to further the kingdom of God. And I'm going to talk about Bob Bierman here for a second. I know that Bob Bierman is doing everything in his power to follow the leading of God to get some things done that God has put on his heart. Because Bob Bierman truly has a heart for God, and he is a soldier. And Bob Bierman is a perfect example of doing what I think we all should do. And that's to 
glorify God, and to work to further the kingdom of God. And I know that Bob Behrman is doing just that. And Truth to Ponder would not exist. Bob Behrman's ministry would not exist if he did not follow where God was leading him. And there's one thing that we should always remember as Christians. There's power in the blood. Wonder-working power. There's power in Jesus. There's victory in Jesus. We already live in a spirit of victory, in a spirit of power. And every day we're being beat down with the psychological operation of the mainstream media and all of the propaganda and all of the Satanists and all of the people that mock us and belittle us and all these people that have all these great plans of basically enslaving mankind. But it's God who sets us free. We are free. We need to rejoice in that. We need to spread the good news. We need to understand that as God's children, we've already won the victory. There's victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He brought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. How powerful is that? I hope that you're getting something from my message today. And to sum it up, be bold in Christ. Be bold with your faith. Be bold in representing your Lord and Savior. Do your best to take a very sick and troubled world, the message of hope, the message of love. We need to do that. And since my time is almost done today, I have to mention that I hope that you do consider donating to Truth to Ponder. And it's because of your generous donation that Truth to Ponder can stay on the air. And right now, more than ever, both your prayers and your financial donation will be greatly appreciated. And you can donate electronically by going to the website, which is truth2ponder.com. And then you can click on the tab that says support, and it'll lead you through how to electronically donate to this program. Or if you want to do it old school and do it by mail, you would write the check out to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and you would mail to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chill Howie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chill Howie, Virginia, 24319, and your support is so much appreciated. Thanks for listening, and until next time, share the love of God, share your faith, stay strong, keep your powder dry, but most important of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth the number two ponder.com truth to ponder shining the light of truth in a darkening world